Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Centaur World Season 2, Episode 3, My Tummy, Your Hurts, and Centaur World Season 2, Episode 4, Holes, Part 3. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher, and I have come from afar with a message of words. And I'm here with a former student of mine, my buddy for fancy frolicking, whose name is Kurt, because uh, of course it is. Hello, Kurt. Uh, thank you for the the great introduction. And yes, hello everyone. I'm I'm uh, Mr. Sal. I got a blast from my past from this episode here. A blast from your past. Yeah. Before I forget, I I, I have to make sure I remember to say this. The cold tars, at least the, the main cold tar that speaks to us. Does he have a does, does he have a name by chance? I don't think they ever name uh, it. I just always call him the yak tar. The yak tar. <laughs> this main cold tar that speaks. Sounded so familiar to me. I I don't think you'll maybe you'll know. Do you, do you ever watch Ben 10? No, <laughs> no. See, okay. So I, it's not the original Ben 10 series. But I think like Alien Force or something. There, there's an alien called Swamp Fire. Okay. And he sounded just <laughs> like Swamp Fire. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's got to be the same voice actor. And I looked it up. It is D. Bradley Baker. Who, oh, D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. Okay. D. <laughs> D. Bradley voices. Baker is everywhere. because uh, he, he is. He, is. he had so many attributions. And I was like, wow. I mean, like, he he's a um he's is it Momo and Appa credits from from Avatar. He's Momo and Appa. <laughs> really, he's an Avatar. Right? He's in yeah. everything, man. I'm like he's, he. You know who else? He's got an, a main character in Centaur World. Uh, who? Stabby. He is Stabby. Yes, okay. I did. I did write that down. Yeah. He is Stabby. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, he's in a he's in Ben Ten. Yeah, he's a oh, he's no. a like a prolific voice actor. <laughs> Dude's he's made actually, a career out of out of voicing voice. animated characters. Yeah, he is. But anyway, anyway, in this case, the voice he used there was the same as Swamp Fire. So I thought <laughs> nice. that was really cool. Which maybe you don't know who's it sounds like a weird name he sings Swamp Fire, but like look it up. That's just like pretty cool, actually. He can shoot fire and he has vines. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. Folks, I do want to apologize in advance. I am feeling a little under the weather, as you can tell, my voice will probably be cracking from time to time throughout this podcast. Uh, and uh, I hope that uh, I hope that doesn't bother anybody too much. But I'm trudging through here because covering Center World is important, I think. Let's start covering this episode of Center World because I have a feeling we're going to have a lot, a lot to say here. I have to guess Kurt's rating. Kurt, first of all, I, before I even guess your rating, I'm going to predict your favorite song was Breathe in a Bag. And I, not only that, I think that's your favorite song in Centaur World up to this point. Very Glendale heavy episode. Uh, I would be shocked if you gave this less than a nine. I would not be shocked if you gave it a 10, but I'm going to say you gave it a nine. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm going to take everything you said to me, throw it right back. Um you uh yeah your favorite song was breathe in a bag and um although i think you you the derple drop touched you dearly but you said breathe in a bag and uh you gave this a 10 because of course i gave this a 10 this is such a good episode this is like i know this right is, this is a good episode but it's also like so funny it was glendale okay no the the whole public speaking bit like yep. um what's her name elizabeth holmes right yep. yes that lady impression which when did that like, when did that all happen to where this is referencing it? I thought that was more recent. So, okay. So explain was, to me a little bit about who Elizabeth Holmes is. I know her only a little bit. So Elizabeth Holmes, 
started up a company called Theranos. I think she dropped out of like a pretty prestigious college, but she dropped out. And basically the company is kind of a scam in the sense that from, from my understanding is she claimed. So, so blood work is, I say blood intensive, but like to do blood work, you have to take like a, like a vial of blood. You can't just take yep. a drop of blood because to do the blood work, you have to use up the blood apparently. So like, you know, you have to like, you know, to do this test, you have to use up this much blood. To do. And I mean, you can't like, take one drop of blood and do all the tests at it at once because they would conflict with each other. So like, right. that's why you need to take this much test. However, Holmes claimed that she had made a system or like a machine or some something to that like effect where she could take like only a drop or two of blood and then run like, you know, the 30 or something tests that they do. And, you know, okay. so this would be like medically, you know, is revolutionary and it's, you know, really good. And, you know, she marketed that and, you know, she, she did that. And she don't really that like public speaking bit wearing like the Steve Jobs shirt with her making like the voice and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, she, the, the voice is, is what I've heard about her. That she, yes. She would purposely. She intentionally, yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would purposely speak a more monotone voice than what, um, yeah, her natural voice was. Yeah. So. And I, also deeper. Like yes. she'd be down here when normally she'd be up here. Right. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. Yeah. She, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So <laughs> I, so I, so I didn't, you know, she's not a motivational speaker though. Is she? No, no. Well, no, she's not a motivational speaker. She, she was speaking on behalf of her company. Yeah. She founded the company. Right. The company was founded in 2003 and it ceased. Okay. Oh, okay. No, it stopped in 2018. Can't remember. I think maybe that's the legal stuff went down. Yeah, she found yeah. she was found guilty in early twenty twelve. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So you know, I can see why this is referencing it. Never mind. Okay, it's, just, yeah, it's, just, it's all in pop culture now. <laughs> I do know several people who have watched the series and said, "Is she doing an Elizabeth Holmes impression?" <laughs> I was like, "I think so." So yeah, yeah. it's it's oh, gotta cool, be yeah. with that black sweat. I like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. it's definitely. I mean, it's it's a it's a spot on impersonation of Elizabeth Holmes. If you watch an Elizabeth Holmes video. You're gonna say, "Oh my God, that is Glendale, right?" So it, it's it's spot on. It's great, and the black turtleneck and all that. So no, I but thought yes, it was so I, funny. Yeah, yeah, it, well, it is. It's a hysterical episode, and I kept like pages of notes on emotional intelligence and mental health. Like, I, pages I, 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 I saw all the stuff Glendale was saying, and I was like, "Man, like this is so <laughs> much." He's saying, "I'm just gonna like, I got like the." I've got the broad strokes and I'll just go from there. I'll just, you know, yeah. Like, I'm sure Mr. Sal's got everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Put it all on me. I, I see how it is, but yeah, yeah no, no I, I, I did give it a 10. In fact, this is the episode that I accidentally dropped in on. My really? Kids watching, and I said, wow. wait a minute, is there more to this show than I thought there was? Uh, I heard her singing, breathe in a bag. And I was like, is she saying things like, uh, um unhealthy attachment behavior uh it's just like i can't well, believe I mean, what i'm hearing she, so. she said like reaction formation i'm like i haven't heard yes. of <laughs> like, i gotta look I this know. up now and i'm like oh okay that's reaction formation <laughs> seriously i mean i it's it's unbelievable it's so it's so intense there's like so much just mental health language dropped in this episode that i was like even if my kids don't know all of what it means the fact that they're hearing this and that it's it, it's just you know kind of being injected into their vocabulary or vernacular is like pretty impressive i i love it i, I think it's amazing and th- so when i saw the uh, this episode i thought i 
I think there's more to this show than I originally thought. I, I, I'm I'm a little interested now. So, but yeah, and Breathe in a Bag is, it, it might very well be the best song in Centaur World so far. Okay. Is it, is it your favorite? Is it fa- your favorite song in Center World so far? I don't know about that. I'm not going to. I won't I mean, take that one yet. I got I to listen to it again, but it's definitely my favorite okay. for this episode. And it's a really okay. good. It's still a really good song, nonetheless. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, as far as favorite scenes go, um, I, you know, honestly, just the whole seminar to me it has to be. Yeah. Your favorite. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's mine as well. I mean, it's it, it's it, including breathing a bag, but not just breathing a bag. We're talking like this from beginning. As soon as she puts on that turtleneck, to you know, her throwing the turtleneck yeah. at them, it's like that whole bit is just gold. It's amazing. Yeah, it's and so and so I, I don't I don't think it's any surprise that you're going to say your favorite character is Glendale in this episode. Yeah, I said Glendale. I so I think you said Glendale. But I, I, there's the possibility you said uh, Doug, comfortable Doug, or Durpleton, but I'm pretty sure you said Glendale here. Uh, yeah, I definitely said Glendale. Uh, I mean, Durpleton's got the the one line that I like a lot. What we'll oh, talk about? Oh yeah, the funny stuff. The funny stuff. But um, but oh, funny and, stuff. And, okay. And Doug, Doug, Doug also has a lot of funny stuff to me in this episode. But that they're just they're funny. Glendale is this is Glendale's episode. This is her episode. She is this episode. So mm-hmm. she's definitely my favorite in this one. Yeah, no, this this I mean the whale top episode's really good, but mm-hmm. this the, I think this is my favorite episode so far. Uh, it doesn't surprise me, and I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's a justifiable choice. Uh, you know, there, there's so much to it. So let, let, I just can't wait to get to the emotional intelligence and mental health part. So let's get through the stuff that made us laugh. So magical moments that made us laugh. Stabbleton. Those are no, no words. <laughs> Go to the bad boy, baby boy timeout zone. Did I ever tell your <laughs> which children? Is, which is inside Glendale's portal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then no stabby for like the rest of the episode. That made me sad. I was like, oh. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, you'll get plenty of stabbing in the next episode, oh, so don't yeah. worry. But uh, but yeah, the, the bad boy, baby boy timeout zone is just, I love that. That's yeah. hysterical. Uh, Wama Wink forgot about Glendale again. That was pretty yeah. funny. They, they re-invoked that, so I enjoyed that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, Darableton goes on to say when when criticized about sending oh, yeah. his, his uh, what, what did she say? Your pretend son into my pretend daughter's portal tummy uh he says he's got a room in there with posters yeah i know the posters but oh well i mean have you ever had posters in your bedroom no but like why why the with posters part like just because it's it's, it's like, a that makes place. it that makes it home yeah <laughs> yeah the posters, that, that's that, that's your mark on your room yeah yeah uh yeah and that's everything nothing else was funny Oh, I, no. I think Doug's, Doug's got a lot of funny stuff. But... You know, comfortable Doug's pretty funny here. Uh, Glendale's Stranger Danger, actually, when she's like across the ice with them. And they're like, oh, no, she knows Stranger Danger. She's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they just close in on her. But yeah, yeah. I, I love uh, one of the things that Griffin says all the time is, I am a citizen of the infinite. My comings and goings cannot be comprehended by the mortal mind. Hmm. He says that all the time. So I love that line. 
Um, I also, I mean, I love this anyway. I, I love the line without the accent, but when Comfortable Doug says it, I think it's even funnier when he's describing the the monsters that uh, Water Baby has seen. And he says, boulder shoulders, legs for days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I don't know if you like this. I feel like you wouldn't have liked this, but I liked the um Ched's like comedic bits, like he's doing stand up. Oh, I sure. love that because like yeah. the, the gag has been that Ched doesn't get jokes. Mm-hmm. So now here he is doing jokes. I, mm-hmm. I did like that. And they're not yeah. very good jokes either. Uh Dripple <laughs> Drop's pretty good. And actually, I, I do want to say this. I when I first seen this scene, I was like, okay, right now this is my favorite scene. So it was it was like you know in contention. Obviously, I got beat by Glendale's speech. But Water Baby with the are those radishes or turnips? They're rutabagas. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> rooted plant you want. Rutabagas, yeah. The, the, her <laughs> giving a, the rutabaga this, yeah. Oh, the only reason I know, I know that for two reasons. First of all, they're going to be referenced later as rutabaga tars. Mm-hmm. But also in episode three, the key, Wama Winks uh, is told by Water Baby, guard this rutabaga with your booty bega. Okay. Remember? <laughs> no, I no? don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. But you, oh. you liked what her, like, tossing the rutabagas what? out to... Oh, I like her like little exposition talk. Okay, do this, then you're gonna do that, and then you're gonna do this, right? For innocent. Yeah. I mean, she's talking to herself or something, but then like the rutabaga goes out to try and do it, <laughs> and then just kind of like dances, and I don't know, gets squished. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. What did you think about Comfortable Dog showing up in the jail cell because he visits exotic jail cells? Yeah, it's his timeshare. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> it, so, so Comfortable Dog. Is not the hero of their story. He's his own hero, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he's the hero of his own story, whatever it right. may be. So he'll just so he's just so he's he's not involved per se. He's just he'll do as he pleases, but he has no vested interest. I guess so. He's like a <laughs> he's bemused by this, and maybe sometimes he'll <laughs> interject or he'll, he'll do. Something. I think he's he's a little bit. He's more of a force for he's more on the side of the herd than he is ambivalent I yeah think. yeah i guess yeah he's not like hurting them actively right and he's, so that's definitely like for one thing because he does help them you know, he goes and delivers a message to writer and yeah uh, yeah so all right okay. so did you uh did you realize that becky's name wasn't just becky before this episode no, I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was, I, now, well, now I know it's, I can't remember if I learned from this episode, it was Becky Apple or the next one. Yeah, in this episode. I know Ryder, that it says it when he, like, yeah, it's like Team Rocketed, by the way, that I liked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, they like, go for that, but it reminded me of, like, Team Rock. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I didn't even make that connection. That's a great point. But no, Ryder does call Becky Apples, Becky Apples in this episode. Mm, okay. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before? I, I don't have anything that annoyed me in this episode. Do you? I got a few. Okay. Go for it. Number I one. I might agree with you. These guys are breaking up the Arctic ice over some like <laughs> philosophical differences. So, you know, and it's probably not good for climate change if that's going on in the entire world. So, anyway, that's number one. Okay. Okay. 
number two, at one point, Doug starts monologue. Comfortable Doug starts monologuing, and we see a copy of him in the sky. Yeah, is that a power, or is that just like <laughs> a visual thing? I don't know. I I just thought that was a stylistic choice by the animators. I had it though. That's what I was wondering. Anyway, number three. They've really got lazy about Ched flying, I feel like. <laughs> like when he fly, like he'll like flap one wing and like be flying like perfectly fly. I don't know, like especially with the comedic fits. I mean, it doesn't actually annoy me. I think it's actually pretty funny, but he just like will be flapping like one wing barely. It'll be like hovering still in air. So. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, I, I haven't noticed that. No. Okay. Um, I don't know that I can separate in my mind magical moments that moved me from magical moments that uh, make me think about emotional intelligence and mental health. So was let's there anything that's... No, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't um, mix them. Yeah, so let's or mix I mean, those up. My bad. There you go. Okay, good. Yeah, so let's let's just start talking about the what made us think about emotional intelligence and mental health. Uh, you know, you, you already mentioned it at one point. Um, Glendale says, are you, are you guys cold or are you really just afraid? Sounds like textbook reaction formation to me. I didn't know what reaction formation was, but I had, so I went and looked it up and you said you looked it up as well, right? Yeah. The, the the simplest way I can think about saying uh, without an example is just basically acting you or someone acting the opposite of how you really feel. Or how right. they really feel, right? Like the, the way they're acting would appear like is the opposite of the response you, they should have with how they're feeling. So, so, so the, the best one that I saw online was acting like you hate someone when you really have a crush on them. Yes, yeah. yes. The other one that I saw, which it maybe doesn't fit quite into your definition. It's not a perfect uh, definition. That's just the way I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is uh, when a, a, a mother. Um, is overprotective of a child that maybe she didn't really want to have in the first place in order to compensate for the subconscious guilt she has for ever feeling that way. Hmm. Well, that would still make sense with the def- like, yeah, in terms of like, she's that that's a, that's the opposite. She's acting optically as you would expect from someone who apparently right. wouldn't care for their, you know, child right. or something. That, yeah. that example, by the way, was from Botanica.com. Uh, I guess another one, this, this one I'm, uh, is someone saying you're, um, if something's bothering you and you're saying it's not bothering, ah, it's not bothering me. Like, you know, but really it is bothering okay. you. Yeah. Right. So I guess in this case, Glendale is saying that siding with the nowhere king is the opposite response to what they should be having, right? Yeah. Or what they probably, probably really feel. Yeah, what they want. Yeah. Using it as like a defensive like mechanism. Mm-hmm. That was also yeah. from looking at the definitions. They all said like defensive mechanism or defense. Right. So, yes, yes. All <laughs> right. Well, uh, at one point, Durpleton and Wama Wink are arguing about parenting, and Durpleton says, "Good parenting is all about bad parenting," which is pretty sad, but probably accurate. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, you when you become a parent, you're a first time parent. You've never done this you- before. Are you a parent? Uh, I could speaking as a parent. Yeah. So. Congratulations. Then, by the way, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but you've never done it before. And so you're going to make mistakes. You're learning as you go. It's like 
when they send you home with the baby, you're like, I can't believe they're letting me leave this hospital with this baby. <laughs> it's like, I have no experience doing this. I've never done this before. Uh, and you're, you know, you're going to make mistakes along the way. And the, the, the hope is that you learn from the mistakes and do better, but, and that the mistakes aren't so big that they can't be overcome down the road. But, uh, so I, I, that, that resonated with me. Anything else you want to talk about before we get to, uh, I don't know, anything else <laughs> before we get to the song? Uh, Glendale, they, they, they accuse Glendale, like they talk about the Stockholm syndrome. So. Oh, yes. Something yeah, there. So St- Stockholm syndrome, of course, is uh, get, becoming sympathetic to your kidnappers, right? Yeah. So you're being held against your will and you become sympathetic to the people who are holding you against your will. Then you end up siding with them. It's called Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, I think the line is if anyone were susceptible to forming a psychological alliance with their captors, it would be that one. I, I think that's a comfortable dog line, actually. Mm-hmm. There's also like Wamba Wink goes on her tirade, right? About like Glendale. Oh, she always runs, she always steals. I've raised her the best I can. She's a runaway. Yep. That, yes. So she she's what there's a what does she say? She I didn't abandon her, she's a runaway. Something to that effect. Yeah. Yep. So yep. Uh, which, which, you know, I there's there's something you could probably like a debate there somewhere. <laughs> Not one I'm gonna touch, but of, no, you know, where, I, I where's where's some you know parents' fault versus the child's fault? Yep. I'm sure Mr. Yep. Saz his own opinions as a parent, but uh well, thankfully I don't have any runaways yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I, was, I don't know if I should say that, but okay, there you go. Yeah. Knock on wood. That's fine. He said it, not me. Yeah, I missed it. Yep. Let's go. The meat, yep. You want to get to the meat and bones then? Uh, before we get to the song, okay. Uh, the, just a couple of, or even the presentation. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the start of the presentation. Uh, Glendale says something about projecting our inability to control the unpredictable brutality of nature by answering the <laughs> violence perpetrated on our psyches by externalizing the violence onto other centaurs around us. I mean, I, you want to break that down line by line? or I, I like, <laughs> So one, one thing I've learned as a teacher is that dealing, working with teenagers, so much of how they behave is about control. Oh, okay. They, Go on. they, they, they try, they're trying and this is not anything conscious and it's not always a bad thing, but they're trying to find the things in their lives that they can control mm-hmm. because they're getting old enough to the point where they want more control over their own lives. You know, they're, they're becoming young adults. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so control is a big thing that always, that always has to be kind of at the front of your mind when you're working with teenagers. So, and, and by the way, it extends into adulthood i'm a control freak i want <laughs> i want control over most of the things in my life um i would agree with that sentiment not about you <laughs> i mean i mean maybe about you too but about me as well i think yeah I love yeah it. right you know i, I I'm, I'm terrible at delegating things to other people because i want to control things to give you an example um i, I used to direct plays and i would only direct non-musicals even though i love musicals i would only direct non-musicals because in directing a non-musical i had more control if i were going to do a musical i would need to have 
a choreographer and a musical director and a set constructor and a stage crew manager and all this stuff. So I would do non-musicals that had one set, no music. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way you have to rely on the least amount of people as possible. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So so projecting our inability to control the unpredictable brutality of nature. So that what they cannot control is the climate, right? Mm-hmm. By answering the violence perpetrated on our psyches, by externally analyzing the violence onto other centers. So we, I, I thankfully don't have a lot of experience with this, but I've, you know, I, again, working with teenagers, you hear about it a lot. Bullies make other bullies, right? Mm-hmm. If someone has violence inflicted upon them, they are more likely to then go act out violently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If someone is um, abused at home, they're more likely to be violent at school. Yes. So, uh, I mean, th- that's, that's what Glendale is claiming about these centaurs. They can't control the climate. The climate beats up on them. So they've decided to take out their frustrations violently on these centaurs that are here in front of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, you, can you believe that this is like <laughs> a thing in this show? I- it's a pretty, it's not like a, it's a pretty serious thing to be on like a kid's cartoon. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, uh, well, I say it in a good way. You say it in a very quick, like, absolutely uh, delivery method. Well, but uh, yeah, exactly. The way it's presented allows it to still be fun and accessible, mm-hmm. but you're still getting it in there. You know, you're still <laughs> sneaking putting, it in there. Yeah, it's still like sneaking it in. some medicine in, like their their cake yeah. or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you sneak medicine in. Whether that's even wise to put a pill inside of a piece of cake, but yeah. So, anyway. uh, my youngest son takes a daily probiotic, right? Uh-huh. But it's a capsule, and he he can't swallow pills yet. So we just open up the pill, sprinkle it in his yogurt, mix it up, and he just eats the yogurt with the probiotic in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what this is, right? This is, yeah. you know, you're, you're learning about it without realizing you're learning about it. Is that the best I thing for your, uh, people to learn, Mr. Sal? Teach it, them without really them knowing? Is. It really is. <laughs> okay, well, she moves on in the presentation to say, my anxieties, my anxieties are many and my coping mechanisms are few. So Glendale is telling us about her anxiety, which... I mean, I know plenty of people who suffer from anxiety. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. And so we've got kind of an opening here into Glendale's psyche. She's, she's admitting that she has a lot of anxiety. She lists them all, you know, tubes in general. <laughs> it's like, she's, she gets anxious about tubes. I'm sure there's something to that. I don't really know. But anyway, she has few coping mechanisms she says we can probably guess that one of them is for kleptomania yeah Yeah. right so so then she starts singing uh and i'm not going to go through all the lines but some of the lines i really want to highlight here uh is that the cold that's got you down friends or perhaps it is your and then they chime in with existential fear so yeah you're blaming the cold but it's not so much the cold as it is, you're just afraid of losing your existence. Uh, so many things can trigger the centaurs with overactive amygdalas. Well, first of all, I think I'll actually look uh, this up. I, I don't know what, I, like, 
It's the brain center that controls stress. fear. Fear. Okay. It's stress. Yeah. It's uh, stress. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I love this because she's here. My kids are hearing the word amygdala, mm-hmm. you know, and the centers have some centers have an overactive amygdala. And then the, what she follows it up with is, but that's okay if your brain's made that way, which is such a, I think it's a great message. It's like, yeah, I can't help that my amygdala is more active than yours. And therefore I have more anxiety than you. Like that's, what a great message to say. Like, it's not your fault. It's just the way your brain's made. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Anyway, this line, because let me tell you, Kurt, this, this has been kind of a rough year for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it, it, it hasn't been catastrophic or anything, but just a really stressful year. And there have been many times where I've, on my way into to work in the morning, I've listened to this song and just kind of on repeat in my head throughout the day, I've said, said to myself, the world can be cruel and depraved and you're struggling under its weight. Just remember you're not alone when you think life's a drag. And I've actually, I've texted that to family and friends and said, I just want you to know that I feel really good to have you in my life because you make me feel less like this because right now i'm really feeling like this oh how sweet mr sal <laughs> i will say this so i've never received one of these texts so glad to see that i've had it on dear way no i'm teasing <laughs> but uh, mostly i would just didn't want to put that on you like I, no, I a, a lot of a lot of the people that i've sent that to have been people who are sharing in the same stresses yes. that I'm having at the moment. So mutual stresses. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, um, sometimes we hide from the scary things by trying to side with those very things. Hmm. I, I, I'm struggling to come up with an example of this from my life or life of people I know, uh, but that's what the cold tars are doing here, right? They're, they're scared of the nowhere king. So it's easier to side with the nowhere king because they're scared of him. Yeah. Can you can you think of an example? I, I'm I'm trying to, so I'm signing with something that I I mean an abusive relationship is the best I can think of. Okay. That's a great that's actually a really great example. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take <laughs> I mean, I'll take them. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think we need to go anymore. It's with that. No, no, but, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> but um she goes on to say it in that same line. In this case, that would be the Nowhere King. He's a false savior. So false saviors are, you know, things that we kind of look to to pull us out of whatever, I don't know, uh, anxiety or depression or fear we're facing. Uh, and it can be it can be dangerous, right, if, to put your faith in the wrong thing. Uh, if it's something like, I don't know, a whale tar, for example, <laughs> it's, it can be a dangerous thing, but of course by a whale tar, I mean, what, whatever the whale tar is a metaphor for. <laughs> All right. You might feel initial relief, but I promise you it will be brief because this is a case of unhealthy attachment behavior, which I, I, I thought I knew what this was. I went ahead and looked it up anyway. Um, did you do any research into unhealthy attachment behavior? No, no, I didn't know. Okay. Like uh, one of the examples, and this is a very, like, this is not a, uh, 
this is maybe not the best example, but one of the examples they give is like a baby crying because their parent leaves the room or something. Okay. So it's not, uh, that's, I, I mean, it's conscious, but the baby, as much as the baby has, you know, consciousness that they're going to remember in the future anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but, you know, you could, th- you could extend it out to adulthood if you want, you know, uh, being clingy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From interactions as a child. Okay. Or maybe just yeah. the way you are. Well, treating your adult interactions like that, like uh-huh. I'm going to cry when you leave the room. I mean, <laughs> you can extend that out farther, you know? Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not, you know, you're leaving for a trip, but I'm going to send you on a guilt trip about leaving. Yeah. I mean, you know? uh, there's a bit on that next episode with how horse feels about. Huh. Are you accusing horse of having unhealthy attachment behavior for uh, toward rider <laughs> well, interesting okay Possibly. um and then i love the, the end of the song here too where she says we might always feel a bit nervous but even folks like us have a purpose which is again that goes right along the lines uh, along, along the same lines as uh you have overactive overactive amygdalas it's not your fault your brain's just made different like you're going to always feel nervous. That's okay. Because even we can contribute value to other people's lives, which is like, I, I think it's such a great thing because the people I know who do struggle with anxiety, like do really get down on themselves about it. And I think it's such an important message to send that this is a, a chemical response in your brain that you really can't control and that you are still valuable and worthy of love i mean what a message it's so good and funny not 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 like not 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 as in the idea itself's funny but the delivery it is it's hysterical because then she gets out the spear with the paper bag on the end and said will you stand with me and fly this anxious flag and it's like Mm -hmm. it's just a paper bag waving at the end of a spear It's it's so funny you know and i i mean i don't know anybody who actually breathes in a bag right but I've talked about Glendale breathing in a bag before. And in, in Hello Rainbow Road, I brought this up. You did. But, but it's not so much the bag itself as it is the breathing exercise. Like what, when you are in a state of high stress or anxiety, it really can help to focus on your breathing. And if the bag helps you do that, that's what Glendale uses, right? But I think that's just kind of the, the more cartoony accessible method that they've decided to use to call attention to breathing exercises yeah just understand there's something you can do to help yeah right exactly yes all right so it all gets summed up and with wama wink just gushing about glendale and being so impressed that she did this and she says she saw herself in these panic-stricken centaur and she used her empathy to figure out how to reach them and then you know ched repeats a couple times empathy hmm empathy right which it's it's a little it's mildly amusing but the point is that word is what they want people watching this show to take away from this episode <laughs> Sublin- <laughs> just yeah subliminally yeah people's minds for the rest of the series mr Sal, ched just went empathy like right <laughs> I mean, honestly, 
I'd be fine with it because I think if there's one thing that I admire about this show, if I can, I mean, there's so many things, but if I only could, could name one thing, it's their championing that, that they champion empathy as the theme that they hope comes across to the viewers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that, by the way, I, you, you've seen it a little bit in this episode. I mean, wait till you see where they go with empathy from this point. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 okay. We'll see. Okay. All right. So I've monopolized the conversation here. Me and my hoarse voice. Boy, I apologize, <laughs> listeners. Uh, is there anything you want to chime in with here, Kurt? I mean, I didn't have the lyrics. I should. And I probably gonna look at the lyrics to the song, actually. You know, that would have worked like just as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that I think about it, hindsight. Uh, in, ter- in terms of the, the song, like when they'll see or anything in the episode, like, uh, I mean, it's a really good episode. <laughs> yeah, wanna, that is. That point, it's pretty good. I mean, digging Glendale was not expecting this level of seriousness <laughs> from Glendale. But. Right, right. But yeah, it's good. Well, you notice how when she's in like public speaker mode, she doesn't have like the the um, this important scarf voice, right? She, yeah, it's, right. it's a it's a much more. I mean, first of all, it's an Elizabeth Holmes impression. Yeah, right? she's doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, but but second of all, like that illustrates a level of confidence that she has that we don't normally see mm-hmm. so and I, wonder, cool. I, and I wonder if that stems from the fact that she knows that you know she shares this thing in common yes um, i don't know maybe we'll we'll see the elizabeth holmes glendale come out again i don't know <laughs> but you, oh boy you, i, I do know will, but yeah, maybe we will maybe we'll re-reference it actually i maybe we will i don't know okay well we'll see all right. Uh, anything else you want to say about uh, the human world stuff with Ryder and Becky Apples and Oh Water yeah, Baby? the way that ends and stuff. I mean, I think particularly there's nothing, yeah. um, no, nothing too noteworthy. I mean, yeah, uh, Comfortable Dog relays his message and then learns of Becky Apples, which is, I guess, critical to the next episode. Uh, yeah. Sal? Yes? Do you want to hear from uh, your kids? I I am always happy to hear from my kids. Okay, I hope that everybody else is too. So, yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's let's see what they have to say about this episode. Hello, here we are, Mr. Sal Griffin and Hugo, having just finished season one, episode sorry, season two, episode three. My tummy, your hurts. I'm here with Griffin and Hugo, and I'm wondering what they think. So, Griffin, what would you give this episode on a scale from one to five? Five. Five out of five, baby. How about you, Hugo? 99. 90. That is a really high score. 99. Very high score. Okay, Griffin. Did you have a favorite scene in this episode? Yes. Yes. Well, I did two. Tell me. The first one. Well, I have three. The first one was um Glendale's song. Breathe in a bag? Yes. Mm-hmm. The second Does that count as your yes. song? The second one is when Comfortable Dog is like, I am legally, bl- even I, Comfortable Dog, who is legally blind, can see your reindeer wife is over there. <laughs> and also, I love, I am a being of the infinite. My innings and, comings and my comings and goings are uncomprehendable by the mortal mind. <laughs> I, love I also that. love the part where um, Comfortable Dog was like, you... You killed one. Now you have to kill the other one because blah, 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 law stuff that I do not know about. <laughs> Hugo, do you have a favorite scene in this episode? Like when Comfortable Doug's like, 
there was a big comfortable dog like on the TV. <laughs> the like and it's just like a shadow. Yeah. I comfort hey comfortable button dog get back up. <laughs> Griffin is laying on Hugo's arm and Hugo is saying comfortable dog get back up. Griffin, I assume your favorite song then is Breathe in a Bag. Yes. Okay. Favorite song to Breathe in a Bag. Breathe in a Bag. On our well, other songs? Breathe in a Bag well, is derp- my comfortable favorite song. So called or so cold and derple drop. Breathing bag, breathing yeah. bag. You and how you act so my name is Gunnos, who still feel sad. Nice. The world can be cruel and to play. Things <laughs> struggling under its weight. Just remember you were alone when you think twice to drag. You can breathe in a bag. Very good, Hugo. All right, Griffin, favorite character in this episode. This is going to be Comfortable tough. dog. Really? Okay, cool. All right, how about you, Hugo? Glendale. And also Glendale. Glendale, yeah. That's and Glendale. also Durbleton. And Chet. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have lots. I like everyone in this episode. Boulder shoulders, legs for days. Jessica <laughs> <laughs> dogs. I mean, have you seen a pangolin? It has, it has these weird spots. These weird, tiny, spunk scale things. It is quite disturbing. Okay. Anything else you want to say, Griffin, about this episode? I love Comfortable Dog. How about you, Hugo? Anything else you want to say? I love Glendale. Oh, hail Glendale. And also, also, I don't want to see a penguin. No. All right. Well, we'll be back in 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 a bit to talk about season two, episode four, Holes part three. I know someone who's very excited because holes means multars. Yeah. Well, Mr. Sal? Hopefully we didn't blow out too many speakers there. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll fix that. (laughs) You know, Hugo rated the episode pretty well, but, but Griffin, he seemed to like it a lot for just giving it a five. I think he has kind of recalibrated his scale, <laughs> or I so? should say, he is he is right calibrated his scale. Well, we'll say. Well, I mean, the next up, I'm curious to see if he gives the next episode more than a five. I will be. I will be <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I might. I don't I might remember. Call you on that one. Well, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I. <laughs> uh, I will have to allow you to because I don't remember. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have to see then uh, whether calibrates. I, there's something I want to note before we get into the next episode, mm-hmm. which is um. In my in my closing thoughts for this episode, I now now see I I turned out to be completely right actually. So so this kind of might sound like I just came up with it like after seeing the next episode. But my my thought was well, Julius got the birds, Glendale yep. got these cold tars. So yep. like I wonder who of Durpleton, Ched, Wama, Wink, and Stabby probably not horse. I think the whole point's horse is going to feel kind of useless. Which of those four are going to like you know? get get the get the next ones in the in holes part three so ah very astute of you yeah i know (laughs) well folks remember the anxiety is just fear plus a fantastic imagination and now let's move on to season two episode four holes part three hmm well here we are with some new interesting ideas to disrupt your lives and I am going to go ahead and take a guess at Kurt's rating on this episode. All right. First of all, there's no way you liked this as much as the previous episode, as much as my tummy or hurts. Mm-hmm. But I still think you liked it a lot. Uh, and I think 
the Becky Apple song, if if not for Breathe in a Bag, would maybe be your favorite song so far in Centaur World. So I'm going to say you gave this a nine. I don't think you went with a 10 on this one, but I think you still liked it a lot. Uh, Yeah, you know what, Mr. Sal? I am... Hmm. It's you either gave it a nine or a ten. The only issue is trying to figure oh, out which one. Hold oh. on a second. I, I, there's one other thing I wanted to mention about this, and, yeah. and this is why I think you didn't give it a ten. I think you're done with horse being sad about not being able to recruit other centaur. <laughs> I think. I think. I think your your thinking but, right now is all right. This is the fourth episode in a row where horse is sad that she can't recruit centaurs. I mean, I don't want to sound insensitive or anything. But like, I feel like she's being feeling sad for the wrong thing. <laughs> but <laughs> because I mean, they are, they are, you know, they are, they are raising an army. But anyway, anyway. Yes. But anyway, anyway, you can't control why you're sad. I guess so whatever. <laughs> uh, that's except, a good point. Uh, to an extent, I guess depends. But but what what I can think here is, I think you're much like comfortable Doug, right? You you cut through space and time, cell, and you you have the curiosity that no can cut through time. That no teacher and does. Space. Yeah, I think, I think you gave this one a ten, and your favorite song is you know whatever the yeah the the Becky Apples one. Okay, uh, I well I want to hear yours first. What did you give? It? <laughs> I I is your rating dependent on my rating? Because if your rating's dependent on my rating, then I want you to go first. <laughs> I gave it a nine. I also gave it. A nine. Okay. <laughs> now it sounds like, like I copied your rating, though. I don't like that. <laughs> I gave you the opportunity. Can we, can we go back? Well, what happens? If, what, 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 why did you want me to go first? Did you think I might have given it a ten? I thought you might have, but I didn't want you to backtrack on it because I gave it a nine. Ah, uh, I just backtracked on it. Yeah, no. So like, no, I didn't. I, I, I promise you, I gave it a nine. Yeah. Okay. I believe you. I mean, that's what I wrote down. So that was my guess to begin with. Am I right? Are you kind of done with Horace being sad about not recruiting Centaur? I was done with it when she first was sad about it. Like, <laughs> I, I'm already like I, I already wasn't all that pleased about it. So it's you know whatever. Like I said, I I don't have but like I don't know. I just have much sympathy for it because yeah, I I get the fact that she wants to feel useful and stuff. But like, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just more of her thought process. Like she chose to come back and do this, right? And I guess technically she should she could just go back to the human world if she wanted to. But like her being here is helping to enable this. Like she's still part of the team. She's the whole reason why like now they're raising an army, right? Like she, mm-hmm. you know, she's with that. Grant, granted, uh, this this episode. I mean, yeah. I mean that 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 alone. I'm I'm not I'm not too sympathetic with. But you know, I mean, she she's upset about some other things that you know. Right. So now she's upset about Becky Apples, which yeah, you know, uh, that probably is influencing that upset. Well, you know, what whatever. And that's you know, I, I can feel more sympathetic for the, the Becky Apple stuff. Okay. All right, good, good. So uh so I also give it a nine. I really I really like actually I, I really like the Becky Apple stuff, the horse stuff. Yeah, I really like the Durpleton and Stabby stuff. I really like the Chad and Gary stuff. Uh I really like uh, all the Wama Wink stuff. The, the one thing I, I don't really love is like, there's a really long song here that is like just kind of a jam session. 
and, and I and I don't why, about I didn't it. I didn't know that, that was just one song or like yeah it's, it's like <laughs> one like it's like the longest song in Centaur World <laughs> like is that actually one song uh, yeah it's one track like the, on the like the like the whole matter then the Glendale's yeah. into Bim Bam yeah I guess I say Glendale but I forgot the, the name. West West Covina West Covina <laughs> yeah so. Yeah, I love the West Covina stuff too. By the way, I think it's hysterical, oh, hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but but that that's a lot of time to spend on the song that really doesn't do much. So anyway, um, and the other thing I think this episode suffers from is being right next to my tummy. Yeah, reference. yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's not a good spot. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, yeah. The place and, you know, if you put this like in the middle part of season one, I probably would have given this a 10. You yeah, know? or but like even the beginning of the season. Beginning, yeah, beginning of season two, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, all right. Well, anyway, let's let's move on to talk about our favorite scenes here. I think that your favorite scene is is hmm, it's either the West Covina solo during that song. Or no, it's got to be. It's Glendale coming out of the wall at the end. Nah, darn you. <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, and, and the hurts reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah, I was in shock. I was like, oh, like, like I got a fair enough. Was convenient. But, um, <laughs> like the lyrics she was saying, I'm trying to remember now because I was like, cause he, I mean. My Spanish isn't great, but like she's speaking really slow, and I can kind of like I can understand what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, <laughs> I remember the end was calling Glendale like a criminal, right? Oh, uh, don't believe yeah. what she's saying and stuff. Yes, like, stuff. don't believe a word that Glendale says because she's a, a mentio, mentiosa, yeah, mentirosa, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, criminal or liar or whatever. Anyway. So I'm like, yeah, I think it's a liar, yep. actually, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's oh, <laughs> pretty, yeah, I mean, oh, oh, I, yeah, your, your favorite scene, I think your favorite scene. Is I mean, did you have the comedy route? I, th- I think it was Durpleton and Stabby. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when, yeah. when Durpleton yeah. finds Stabby and Stabby has gone full center. So, world. so oh. I have I have a theory on this, but I'll save it for the end. But I have some right. which maybe you'll, you can presume, but anyway, we'll go okay on pass. Yeah, but I but I love I love that Stabby has gone like he thinks something's wrong, but he's he's turning into centaur world version of stabby which i guess just happens if you're in centaur world long enough it's just like i think it's you. more than that i i because it doesn't happen to the woman right i guess not so maybe stop process yeah. yeah i think it i think it's acceptance of centaur world speaking of which actually you know that's that's annoyance of mine where's the woman yeah where is the woman it's a good point actually she went to she went to the human world didn't she um no no she didn't no 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 she didn't water baby and Ryder went, not not the woman. I take yeah. it back. Don't know. I, I I will tell you. I mean, this is a long time to go without the woman, but she's. We're not done with her. Don't worry. I imagine we're not done. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. I'd be. I'd be livid if we were done with the woman. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're not I'd by a rate. long shot. Not not by a long shot are we done with the woman? But um, but she is on hiatus right now. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, um. Yeah, I think so. I think it's some version of acceptance for Centaur World, you know, or maybe, maybe it's specifically the herd, right? Because the the characters that have become Centaur World versions of themselves have been accepted by the herd and accepted the herd as their herd. 
Also, like Wink has powers. I uh, maybe I don't know, but mm. but a horse you know has been accepted into the herd, and she has accepted the herd as her family, right? Stabby has been accepted into the herd and has accepted the herd as his family. So I I think there's something to that. It might be all of Centaur World, but it, I think it's more likely that it's specifically the herd. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, uh, let's see here. I think that your favorite song was Becky Apple's The End. I, 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 I thought we already went over that. Both of our favorite songs are yeah, Becky Apple's song. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song. <laughs> I love song. it so much. Yeah. And her name, and my, I, I think my favorite line from that song is, and her name is Becky Apples because uh, of course it is. <laughs> I love that so much. It's really, it's a really funny song. It kind of, it, it, and it pretty much slaps. I, I really, like, I really enjoy that song. Anyway. All right. Favorite characters. I, this is really hard. This was hard for me to wait, pick wait. my own, let alone yours. Then we already go over her favorite characters. No, I I don't think so. No, well, maybe not. Oh no, I guess favorite scene. No, you're right. No, you're right. Oh, well, now I'm gonna say yours is West Covina Glendale or West okay. Covina. I guess. Okay. So, but I was gonna say Stabby, but if you think we already went over it, then I think it's West Covina. Okay. My my uh, my favorite character was actually Durbleton. I I'm guessing your oh. favorite character was Durbleton. Oh wow! You know, I definitely he was on the short list, but ultimately I went with Wama Wink actually. <laughs> What? Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's so uh, yeah. chalk. Chalk. Wait, you think Wamba Wink is chalk in this episode? I think horse no, is chalk. I don't really think Wamba Wink's chalk, but I think you vote chalk. So like you set the chalk. Oh, which is no, kind of like which is kind of like a salt, like you're in a bit of a trap there. Mr. I don't know if yeah, you're a coffee trap, but like you're in something. <laughs> something that's not good so no i i i the more I, I really thought long and hard about this too and durpleton was on the short list savvy was on the short list um horse wasn't really it was really down to those three durpleton savvy and wamawink and yeah. and Wama, I, I just ended up with wamawink because i mean first of all she sings in becky apples right so so there's like becky apples is such a great song i love that song yeah it's a good song I, I, I got to have somebody from that song. I got to pick something. Oh, okay. Well, then I um, guess you got me there. Second of all, um, I do really enjoy her in the courtroom listening to horses. Like, the applause, the solo applause. She's the only one clapping. You know, it's like, oh, maybe she's going to, you know, maybe she's doing the old bait and switch. <laughs> she, she, she ropes them in with no enthusiasm and then dazzles them with inspiration. Um, but the, I think what ultimately did it for me was the end when Zulius accuses her of pulling a Jeffica and she realizes, oh man, horse really needed a win here. And I stole her thunder. I got to make this right. Uh, that, that really did it for me. So I, I think this is like some of the deepest stuff that Wamawink has had in a while. You know, I mean, not as deep as, you know, uh, what you need or fragile things even, but some of the deepest stuff she's had in a while. Fair enough. I mean, uh, uh, you, yeah, that got me out of left field though. My, my notes were literally both on Durpleton, maybe Mr. Salas's horse. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Durpleton and Stabby in this episode though. Uh, that story is phenomenal for me. I love it. Uh, and it's my uh, favorite scene, right? It is, yeah. It's favorite, favorite scene. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Okay. Um, Let's talk about magical moments that made us laugh. We've already talked about a few. West Covina being prominent. So, 
there, there are two jokes here that are also kind of like serious, uh, you know, like they're funny, but like <laughs> there's some like emotional stuff in there. So do okay. you, do you want to count those or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, we'll count. So first one is <laughs> the Durple drop in the very beginning when they're talking <laughs> about it and Durpleton says, Oh yeah, no problem. Like horse, says something about you know it doing brain damage to her right yeah, and brain Dribbleton... damage <laughs> uh, banana yeah like... but dribbleton's no oh, no worries my parents did it to me all the time oh. like it's funny but it's, I mean, it's kind of it's dark a, it's really dark yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's something dipped up that's where he goes with that but horses i'm pretty sure i have a, a brain damage with, with the article in there i have a brain damage light shade banana cat <laughs> pretty good pretty good well anything west covina west covina the entire becky apple song i just think the becky apple song is hysterical yeah west covina is funny yeah becky apple's song yeah, yeah that's funny uh baden like now i notice him there's a bird text thing <laughs> I, I like the bird text i know you don't i like them so i was like that's funny that's I, well, I like that zulius calls them out for being disgusting so <laughs> that's uh, the whole mary bit like how horse ruined mary's wedding like <laughs> yeah. she's just very salty about this I mean, <laughs> yep. understandably but yeah and then yeah yeah absolutely uh, did you did you like the wanted posters all over the whole yes for um for glendale yeah <laughs> yeah it, it also uh i did like how constantly uh daddleton's trying to you know teach stabby or you know just Talking to stabbing, stop stabbing and talk in full sentences. Yeah. Even like, he's, actually, he's like, I've always actually been able to talk in full sentences. <laughs> like, you can talk. I've always been able to talk. Right. But, but Durbleton doesn't recognize it until he's in the centaur world form. Right. It's like, yeah. it's, he's become a baby by, he's by, by becoming a baby, he has grown up to Durbleton. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh, and so the Ch- oh also the Chet and Gary stuff. So this is the other like funny series bit, which is like you know Chet Chet goes to see Gary, which Gary is funny. I've, yeah. I'm liking this old Gary bit. And then you know he's on the yeah, phone with good. Gary. You know oh we'll peel this thing, we'll get you. Out, which is like it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Bit, bit sad <laughs> for Chet that he's he's feeling this way though for poor Gary. <laughs> it is he's, like in prison for life because the Moltars are. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's guilty. Yeah, everybody's guilty in forever sentences. So I like how uh, Becky Apples and Gary are so heavily referenced in the same episode because Becky Apples was Gary's horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, I already <laughs> forgot that. Like, just learned yeah. that. So I wonder There's... if Becky Apples will ever meet Gary or if Gary will ride Becky. Look, I, man, is that going to be the whole bit that like Gary's just a walking skeleton? Like, he's not actually, anyway, we'll see. Centaur version of himself, center world version of himself, right? You you but, already talked about how Wama Wink um had a little bait and speech, you know, thing. Yeah, you know, about horse. Yep. But she does the handsome face there too. Yes, cool. she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do, and we get hot goss back, right? Yes, we do get hot goss. <laughs> I, I would never say this to her face. Oh no, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you pulled a real Jeffica. <laughs> I also. <laughs> I love every time Jeffica is invoked, like you see the Wamawake's bottom teeth, right? <laughs> she gets so angry, yeah. Yeah. The 
so I this was this this was debatably almost going to be my favorite scenes, but when like all of them like <laughs> this like bureaucratic tape comes around with like the prairie dog tars, the badger <laughs> tars, the worm tars, the gopher tars, the mole yep. tars, discussing whole sizes. That's I enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> I liked I liked all the the characters there. That was good. Yeah, the as a as a group they're called the whole tars. Yes, they're the whole tars. So that makes sense to me now. So like we have the cold tars, but there's different tars within that. These are the yep. whole tars, but there's you know, obviously subsections. So yep. we've got and down the sky, the, the sky tars. Yep, grass mm-hmm. uh, tars. Yeah. I, and I guess another bit here is when Dripleton, like the final, like Dripleton looking for Stabby stuff. I mean, he calls Stabby an honor student. <laughs> oh, oh, so that's that's. Oh, I was going to talk about that when we got to moments that moved us. Um, like I, I love that line. But uh, go ahead and you can say it, and then I'll. No, I don't. I well, no, I, I, I don't know if I have anything else to add on it. It's just I thought it was very. Okay, fun. yeah, he's an honor student in what in what school? <laughs> oh boy! All right, all right. Anything that annoyed you in this episode? Wait, Mister, I got one more thing that I thought was. Actually oh, one really more funny. funny thing. Okay. Yes, one more funny thing. This is the last one. All right, Dripleton's new nickname to me is me. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's that's what I call no. myself. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. I thought that was so funny. I like how Stabby's like kind of impatient with him about it, but really gentle. <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> <the sun. laughs> oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, anything that annoyed you about this episode? No, I have no listed annoyance. I I didn't listen any annoyances, but like yeah, the, the horse things, whatever. Yeah, just the length of that song. It's like, all right, this is, I, don't, I don't need the, the cartoon dance breaks not doing it for me anymore. But anyway, um, magical moments that moved us. I mean, this is all, of, one. all of Durpleton's st- yeah. searching for Stabby, but especially when he says his most distinguishing feature is how proud he makes me. Like, oh <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's part of it is when he's talking to Stabby about Stabby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, because he doesn't know that this is Stabby. He's just saying this because he actually is proud of Stabby. Yeah. Just like, you know, half-dead Minotaur that was on its way to kill them. And it's oh, it's so adorable. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've really done a pretty big turnaround on Durpleton. Like, oh, yeah. Durpleton is, like, way better. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's gotten better and better and better. Like, he's, he's yep. the best character improvement to me in terms of yeah. how much I didn't like him to how I feel about him now. So. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, anything else that moved you? No. No, I wouldn't say move. Okay. Yeah, I've got a lot to talk about under the magical moments that made us think about emotional intelligence and mental health segments. So, you want me to start or you want to start? I mean, we're going to start with the Becky Apple song and that whole Sure, bit, you can if course. you want. You can right. if you want. I mean, so the, the whole concept, so Horse has Becky Apples and uh, Wama Wink has Jeffica. That being that uh, it's basically, I mean, it's a very relatable concept of, I guess, jealousy is the best way to put it. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Primarily, you know, jealousy for one person relative to a certain relationship. Now, whether that is like, I mean, everyone can relate to like, you know, maybe like your friends getting another close friend. So when you had a crush on, it's with someone, maybe an ex is now in a relationship. But you know, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of things people can relate to in some capacity with this. And so, you know, it's a, oh, it's yeah. a relatable thing. And, you know, and 
I think for the most part, I mean, barring, I guess, you know, certain aspects, I guess, like cheating and whatnot. But for the most part, it's not really a, I don't want to say it's not justified because I understand, like, it's, 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 I, you know, I can have sympathy and, you know, empathetic towards, you know, someone feeling this way. But you're feeling this way, but the other person didn't really do anything wrong, per se, right? Like, Ryder hasn't done anything wrong by, like, going with Becky Apple. So it's like, you, you can feel upset, but just, the, you know, whether it's justifiable, it's like, I mean, you know, but it's just that, you know, that's part of being human, I guess. Right. But but horse isn't even expressing anger toward Ryder. And no. Mom oh, yeah. Not oh, expressing oh, her anger oh, oh, toward yeah. Sunfish Murgai. In <laughs> fact, well, horse at one point says, technically, I don't know Becky. I know she's the worst. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, and when Wama Winks is the, the little line bit where she's kind of like self-reflective oh, on it. <laughs> Yeah, so she says, maybe Jeffica's flirty boyfriend is the one who's the actual jerk here, May- oh, making me feel bad about projecting my own insecurities and just placing blame on her when she really did nothing wrong. Oh, she's the worst, <laughs> right? So, so I, I, I love that line because, like, who is who are you really mad at? Like, are you mad at Jeffica? You didn't even know Jeffica. She didn't do anything to you. Like, if anything... Like you've wronged Jeffica. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely yeah, you're right. That's definitely the more unjustifiable bit. So I'm yeah, I'm pointing the anger at the wrong place. Cause yeah, horses and yeah, mad exactly. at this rider and um, yeah, mom winks I'm mad yeah. at Surf uh Sunfish, Sunfish, Sunfish Murray guy. guy. Name's very hard yeah. for me to remember, but yes, Sunfish. Yeah. <laughs> so I like I like this uh, this idea of displaced anger that's prevalent throughout the song. This is it's a it's a great theme, it's a great song. Um I wanted to back up a little bit before the song. Uh, a horse gives this speech to the Moltars. She says, like, you just feel so angry on the inside. You just want to punch something. So it's probably a good thing. War is probably a good thing. So you can take out all your pent up stuff and let it out on some Minotaurs. So, I mean, I, I've, I've struggled with anger management a little bit in, in my <laughs> life. Uh, I don't get angry often, but I do have... But when I do, it's not fun for other people to be around. Um, but I mean, it's not violent in any way. But uh, but it is like when it rains, it pours. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. Yeah, I've got a long fuse, but you don't want it to get to the end of that fuse. So, so how many analogies can we make? Of I don't know. Too many. <laughs> like the, the fifty hats. It's too many. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> a lot of hats. So. There's a lot of ads, but anyway, uh, yeah. So the, this this is just a, a big theme of of anger management here. You you get all that you, you all that you feel so angry inside. You don't have an outlet for it. You just want to punch something. So uh, we're pro- uh, war is probably a good thing. You take out all that pent up stuff on something. Um, the stand up comedian I used to listen to his name is Jim Brewer. Uh, Jim Brewer used to be on Saturday Night Live. Uh, he did a lot of stand-up. He still does do stand-up. But anyway, I remember him doing one bit about having a pipe in his garage, like a it was not it was like a like a support beam, but a, but a metal pipe in his garage and a, and a wrench. And when he get angry, he just go hit the metal pipe with the wrench. <laughs> uh, okay. I used to have I used to have. Uh, uh, tarp in my house and a baseball hanging on a string that i would hit into the tarp in my attic mm-hmm. right so it wasn't like in the living room right it was in the attic so tarp baseball hanging on a string hit the ball into the tarp right 
Uh, and when I get mad, that's what I would do. I'd go hit the baseball. But anyway, so uh, the idea of pent up anger and having some sort of outlet for it is really, really important because if you don't have an outlet for it, it gets, it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And then there's an explosion and nobody wants to be around an explosion. No, certainly anyway. not. No. Um, Durpleton says, you know, in the early parts before Stabby's transformation, Durpleton's having a hard time understanding what's wrong with Stabby. Right. Stabby is, is expressing there's something wrong. You're my legal guardian. Right. And Durpleton's just, you know, saying, you use your words. Use your, he can't understand what Stabby's saying. Uh, this is the, one of the most frustrating things about having an infant is that something's wrong. They're crying and you have no idea what's wrong. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been up at two in the morning with infants who are just crying for no apparent reason. I've changed their diaper. I've fed them. I've burped them. I, I don't know what's wrong. They're just crying and crying and crying. And it's like, it's so frustrating. I want to sleep. Wah. <laughs> right <laughs> to do it right so i can't do so yeah <laughs> but uh so i i sympathize with durpleton here um not being able to understand stabby although clearly stabby is very understandable in this, in this <laughs> i do love man i would have missed og stabby yeah i know exactly but i really do love center world stabby too though but um but i can sympathize with stabby too because that must be what an infant feels like like, there's something wrong. I'm trying to tell you there's something wrong. You're not listening to me, so I'm just going to keep crying. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. Uh, get, uh, post Becky Apple's song, there's some other stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, toward the end, Wamoink's trying to convince Horse that they need to kind of change their tactics here. If they can agree on just one thing, then they can agree on other things. And this is kind of a cornerstone of, of mediation. Right? I mean, they, it, it, Sorry, so like, this is a through line from last episode with, like, yeah. you know, the Coltars, you know, mm-hmm. disagreement about the Nowhere King, but then we kind of in agreement on some uh, health, you know, some anxiety stuff, and then boom. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I like that horse continually feels inadequate here, but I know that's kind of, you're, you're done with that. I, I can promise you. Like that storyline is going to probably end next episode. It looks like it's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Durpleton says to Stabby, I was talking when I should have listened. Uh, this is, I mean, I'm so guilty of this so many times. I, I, I really have to do better at just saying, you know, somebody's, somebody's coming to me with a problem or they're upset or something. Like, I, my you automatic try, instinct. Go ahead. Come up with, is it trying to come up with solutions? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I do that too. And that's not what they need. They're, no. they're not there for that. They're, they're, they're there for me to listen. And I need to just stop talking and brainstorming solutions and just listen. They just listen. So, like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and in fact, Stabby then goes on to say, there's so much I'd like to say now that you're listening, which is like. <laughs> 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 Oh. oh man anyway um but at toward the end here with with wama wink and this is this is what i i where i decided that wama wink's my favorite character in the episode she says she maybe really needed a win and i stole her thunder and it's such a delicate balance 
I, I find that it's such a delicate balance with, with most people, especially kids. Like, when do you give them the win that they need? And when do you challenge them? Like, it, it, it's so easy as an adult because you see where their idea is eventually going to go. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, you, you can't just squash down every idea, right? Yeah. You, you got you got to let them go forward, forward with it, with some and make mistakes. And, but, but sometimes if they make enough mistakes, it's like they really need a win at this point. Like you and I have talked about this before. Like, so I bought a board game recently, right? And I love the board game. My kids love the board game the first time they played it, but I won, right? They played it again, and when I won again, they decided they don't want to play the board game anymore. <laughs> so it's like, I wish I had recognized that they really needed the win in that moment in order to maintain interest in the board game, because <laughs> I, I probably would have executed a different strategy, let's say. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about this line this that this much when I was watching the episode, but... Even as like an adult and other adults that you know and other people that you know in your life, like mm-hmm. I can think of people, especially where like the, the, the it's not like a some people you you do need to give them wins. And I, everyone to an extent, certainly. Like it's mm-hmm. a big demotivator if you're just always getting L's <laughs> yeah. for a W. But some people more than others, like you can only give them so many just straight L's without at least yep. giving them something or at least some sort of positive. You know, even if it's not a win per se, but some sort of positive reinforcement, you know, even if yeah. they're doing things not ideally. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but Wama Wink makes this realization and she says, I have to find her because she realizes that she has pulled a Jeffica, or at least in her mind, what is a Jeffica? Like, yeah. Jeffica hasn't, again, hasn't actually done anything wrong. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. Um, and I, I do think that there's there's something really there's something there. And maybe I can't put my finger exactly on it. But there's something there in the fact that Stabby takes on the centaur world form and it is a little child. So to me, that's his acceptance of his role as a little child within the group. You know, he's 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 it's he's a probably, 43 year old man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But it's probably, you know. Durpleton has obviously some parental issues, right? And probably Stabby does as well. And that's and, and so it seems like Durpleton really needs to be a father, and Stabby really needs to be fathered. Okay. So well, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, I've I've enjoyed Stabby immensely and Durpleton. I mean, oh, yeah. yep, loving loving the the dynamic duo here. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So. We know that Griffin is a gigantic Holtar fan, Moltar fan, I guess. Uh, so I, I, you can only imagine what he's going to have to say about this episode. Would, would you like to hear it? I mean, well, I'm curious to see if he broke the scale here. We'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, let, let's, let's see if Griffin did break the scale. Well, here we are, Mr. Sal with Griffin and Hugo. And we just finished watching season two, episode four, Holes Part Three. And I'm wondering what these guys thought of it. Hugo, would you rank this on a scale from one to five? Ten. Ten. Griffin? Fifty. Million. When there are whole tars involved, Griffin is all in. Fifty million. Fifty million? I said fifty. Dramatic pause. Million. Wow. Hugo, did you have a favorite song in this episode? Yes. Actually, a favorite scene first. Did you have a favorite scene? 
Griffin, did you have a favorite scene in this episode? Yes. What is it? Um, no, I, I liked the. Um, my favorite scene was from. My favorite scene was from Comfortable Duck flying up that sky hole to the credits. <laughs> Hugo, what was but your specifically, oh. I loved when Comfortable said, "Okay, Miss Horsey, you have the floor seat." <laughs> Hugo, your <laughs> favorite scene. Julius is um, like. Oh my God. Boom. Okay. I'll get a second job. Okay, you can't say the whole episode, but that was good stuff. All right. Um, Hugo, do you have any favorite scenes? Um, Becky Apples. Oh, the Becky Apples. Is that your favorite song in the episode? Yes. That's what I figured. Griffin, is that what's your favorite song in the episode? Holes Matter. Holes Matter. All right. All right. And Hugo, do you have a favorite character in this episode? Comfortable dog. Comfortable dog. Do Is I this even, a question? Do I even have to ask Is you, Griffin? This a, no. <laughs> no, it's just comfortable dog. Yes. <laughs> when in doubt, comfortable dog. Okay. And anything else you'd like to say about this episode, Hugo? No. How about you, Griffin? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I do know. Okay. I want more. <laughs> well, you'll get more next time when we cover season two, episode five, Bunch of Scrunch. <laughs> Griffin gets very excited about whole tires. Uh, your statement <laughs> aged like milk. <laughs> Griffin has reset his scale. Immediately goes to do 50 dramatic pause. Million. That's a good one. I respect that. <laughs> I expect that your kids beat, you know, they they beat their own. Well, kids. I think, yeah, I think that's uh, that's why he's <laughs> he has recalibrated the scale so that he could make sure there's a big difference between. <laughs> that was the point of recalibrating it. <laughs> recalibrating so that way it's even bigger than it was before. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, missing you, which we've talked very little of comfortable Doug in this episode. I mean. He's well, funny, but he's funny, but yeah, he's I'm not, not doing anything. So yeah, yeah, but you know, bit of a plot device in this episode. Maybe he's yeah. kind of a plot device, but whatever. He's still yeah, funny. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's one other thing that I wanted to mention. You know, the the song uh it's it's me, the which is the Durpleton Stabby song there. Yeah. That is actually a reprise. Once once there's that moment of recognition, that's a reprise to it's you, which is what a uh, horse and rider sing inside the rift. Mm, okay no okay yeah. that's good i have something else i, I want to state here for the record a theory oh yeah that's right that's right now it's a theory that i don't think is true okay because i just don't think they would do this in this episode like the series but i'll say it nonetheless because i think it would intrigue you and it's actually a call back to the leftovers a bit not yeah oh ooh, i like but that durpleton when he's looking at new stabby for a brief we you know when he finally connects the dots for a brief moment do you remember we see old, like, disheveled-looking Stabby? And then back to Centaur World Stabby? Do you remember no. this? If you look at it, oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Well, yes, he, yes. He, he looks like old Stabby, and then he's back to um, Centaur World Stabby. So to me, I was like, I wonder if he's actually transformed, or if just Durpleton uh, looks at him differently. And, like, you know, uh, the, that, that, that whole thing. I think he has changed, right? I'm pretty sure yeah. he has. But... What if he hasn't changed whatsoever? Just now, Durpleton's looking at it's it. A, different it's a really, things. it's but. a really interesting thought. I, I will say that we see his transformation, and Durpleton doesn't. So I, my guess is he actually has changed. 
yeah no fair definitely, right definitely. Because, oh yeah i i i am 99 sure he's actually changed i still love the thought though it's a, it's, <laughs> like a, it's a great i like the thought, great though. idea me yeah. too that's why i thought of it anyway mr sal that's all i have nice. to say all right sounds good well next week folks we're going to do something a little bit different because uh, we want to make sure that we give a full episode to just the finale because it is an hour and 17 minutes long in order to do that we have to give a full episode to one other episode otherwise we'd have to triple up we're not going to triple up so uh next week we will only be covering one episode which i think is actually very appropriate uh once we see what this episode is uh that episode is episode five buncho scrunch and we will just have that one episode that that week um i'm sure it's gonna say next week next episode will just be a bunch of scrunch the episode after that will be the next two episodes which i won't give those titles yet um and then they will do the finale by itself after that so that's the plan you can contact us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com we do thank you so much for listening we thank you for sharing the podcast subscribing downloading following all that good stuff uh, and we hope that you've enjoyed it. We'd love to hear from you. So please do send us an email and we'd, we'd love to talk about what you have to say. Until then, until next week, when we cover a bunch of scrunch, we have hootened our last nanny. <laughs>